Mateo Roberto. We have a great conversation with an amazing Latina creative strategist. Her name is Andrea Rivera. She's the CEO and founder of H3 Media. She is an Emmy award-winning producer. I've known her for many years and it's going to be a great pleasure to be able to have this discussion with her. Come join us. Welcome everybody to Café with Roberto, and I'm really excited with the host today. I've known her for many years, Andrea Rivera from H3 Media, amazing person. Andrea, welcome to Café with Roberto, and I'm always going to cheer you in the morning with a little cafecito. Cheers. You have to, if you're Latino, you have to have the little cafecito, sometimes four times a day. So, uh, <laughs> so with that, Andrea, tell me about yourself. Thank you for coming. Hey, good morning. Thank you for having me here uh, on your uh, podcast. You know, I'm a huge podcaster, so I'm honored to um, to be here with you and, and to be part of this. Um, you know, like you said, we've known each other for so long. I always tell people, you know, Roberto. I'm, I met Roberto when I was in my 20s, in my late 20s. Oh, God, I feel old. <laughs> been uh walk walking with me for a long time or i've been walking next to you for a long time and um i'm always so grateful and thankful uh to life for having put you in my path and to have been and for, for you being a, a guide for me so again the the honor today is uh you know it's huge we learn from each other right and and it's so amazing when people can connect and learn from each other you know that that you know, and that's one thing I wanted to. I want everybody to know your story because, as you said, I knew knew you when you were in your twenties, and I think that I met you when you were at the AJC. Mm -hmm. So you've gone a long way since the AJC, right? Absolutely. You know, uh, Emmy award-winning Emmy producer. Wow. Wow. Tell me how that journey got you there. You know, it's, uh, I think along the way you have talents that um, maybe you don't realize that you can actually put into practice and to make money from them, right? Especially, uh, I think people, um, my, my, I, I, I blame culture, but also my father was much older than my mother. Uh, they were 25 years age difference so when I was born my father was 50 and he was born in 1924 if that's a frame frame of reference for, wow. for everyone so uh, my dad was from that old school of thinking that art was not any had, had no profit right so when I uh, was a kid I you know I was getting ready to go to high school my art teachers saw in me uh, this creative um, this creative talent that I had and, and had me apply from the magnet school back then there were magnet schools I think now they were like charter schools right which was a school of the arts and I did the whole portfolio and application process and whatever and I got accepted and my when uh, when my teachers went or when I went to tell my dad my dad went to the school and he talked to the teacher and he's like she's not going to do that she's not going to go to school there and you know the teacher tried to explain to him what <laughs> you know how talented I was and how you know this was important and he said no no, you know, the only thing I, I see artists doing is painting pictures on the streets in Paris and in New York and starving. And he's like, she needs to do something practical. <laughs> this is also the man who told my entrance counselor, my, you know, pre ninth grade, when she said, I'm going to put her in word processing class, you know, and back then word processing was kind of like basic intro to computers. 
And he told her, this was 1988, and he told her, oh, that's just a fad, that'll go away. You're gonna see in a couple of years, this whole computer thing will go away. And so, (laughs) so I tell that part of the story because I think I just buried it. Like I buried that feeling of uh, that creativity and then I listened to my dad, it was practical, right? And then I wanted to be a lawyer. So I practical started, you know, focusing more on history and political science and, and, and that um, aspect, I really enjoyed it. And, uh, and then had the opportunity later on in, in life to, um, I had a girlfriend that convinced me to quit my job and start a, a marketing company back when I knew nothing about marketing. Oh, okay? boy. <laughs> yeah. so we worked at a, Pan, a Panera Bread and I always tell people, if you go to Panera Bread and you go on their internet and you get logged off after like a 30 minutes and they say, you're done, leave. Oh my God, I've been there. Because we were there all the time and they were like, okay, we got to get these girls out of here. But from, from Panera Bread, this lady one day came up to me and she's like, We'd been there like a year. She's like, what do you guys do? And I'm like, oh, we're doing marketing. I don't know. We were we were building websites. That's really what we were doing. And she was like, um, you know, I have this job for you. And that's how I got to the AJC. She was a recruiter for the AJC. I get to the AJC. And then I, I realized that I can sell and, and that I had this, you know, and I, I had been doing these websites, but I had enough of the, all this creativity that I could, um, I could have found myself again. So I'd go upstairs with the creative team. I mean, you know, AJC had 20, 30 designers and right. put together ads and, and I just found myself there. And I realized that that's something that was a passion again. And that's how I ended up with an agency eventually. Well, uh, you know, also I remember when you called me and said, Hey, I'm going to iHeartRadio to, mm-hmm. you know, be a leader, you know, yes. you know, the path of the path sometimes you have to step in that leadership role too and manage people and you're like hey i'm about to be a manager at iHeartRadio. how did, you know that's an experience and journey yes it was <laughs> i um you know i was at the agency young enough mm-hmm. to, when they started making this transition at, at the agency and at cox into all of this digital world right where people had been there for a long time um and it was hard you know i get it you know my, my dad was a lot older so I, I knew the mindset and right. so it was hard for them to make that transition from that printed paper um, and the consumer that read that paper to people who wanted to read their news online right and um, so that experience um, was something that I, ne- I never realized but apparently somebody wanted and so when iHeart uh, which back then was still Clear Channel was thinking about how do we bring listeners we're losing to Pandora, we're losing to these digital formats. Um, And they started thinking about this iHeart product. Um, They looked around and I don't know how they found me, but they did. And they started to recruit me and they recruited me for almost uh, probably eight months, almost a year. I had several conversations with them. I mean, I remember when they were just like, we're thinking about this, right? To when, you know, then I didn't hear from them for months. And then when all of a sudden they're like, okay, we're launching it. We need you to come on board. We need you to help us get this going. And uh, that's how I ended up at, at the Clear Channel state, the Clear Channel building here in Atlanta, uh, managing the iHeart product for all six of their stations. And um, it was a great experience. So I remember during that time, I was moving to Washington, D.C. to manage a media company. And you called me and, and we talked and said, hey, I'm coming back to Atlanta for a visit. And we had the opportunities for you to show off your first office. So I got a picture here I can show. Um, and you were so proud. I mean, that's a big, bold step. You know, it's a bold step for anyone to say, I'm going on my own. And 
it's a it's even bigger challenge when uh, you're Latino, Latina, and it's even a you know a, a bigger challenge when you have to go out there and say, okay, I can do this now. So the day that you opened your office, I was excited. I saw your little plaque. Um, did it go easy? Um, no, no, it's, it's, it isn't easy. Of course not. No, it's, um, it's pretty challenging. I mean, opening was very, um, you know, fulfilling. It was a very fulfilling moment. Um, there's a lot of lessons that come when you're um, opening your own business. I think that for those of us who are first generation, our family to be a business owner, um, and I think people who have been in my position where I probably was the first to graduate from college in my family, um, not the first to graduate from high school, but my brother definitely was, <laughs> my older brother. So, you know, we're kind of in a line of these first. It's, uh, you don't have all the support that uh, you would think, right? And so it's tough because I'll tell you, my mother and her elderly, her little best friend, who, and they're both these ladies in their 70s, my mom and her best friend, my son and me built all the furniture for my office and I have four brothers who all live within 15 minutes of my office wow. and none of them showed up and actually none of them ever came to my office so and I don't share this for to, to, to knock them but it's just kind of the dynamic of um, being a first not everyone believes in you and, and it's very, and it's, so the, the, the challenges are not only um, financing and you know operations and sales but there's some deeper challenges uh, that sometimes the people who you think are going to be your biggest champions they're afraid for you so they're not doing it because they don't you know they're not not supporting you because they don't want you to succeed I think they're just afraid and they're you know very comfortable with making sure we have a paycheck and right a steady job and when that isn't the, what they're used to they're like okay what are you doing so that's kind of what I had to that first office that was probably one of my biggest um, emotional challenges that I had but you know one of the things you said some key things here and you know the guidance and the help you know one of the things that I like about you that you you're, you're kind of a champion on and I see it in your post I see it all over social media and in person is helping and supporting women helping and supporting Latinos uh, achieve their goal uh, whether it's mentorship or guidance or being part of an organization being part of a group so tell me a little bit about you know how you do that what I call the 80 20 switch you know which is you're 80 percent passionate you're doing what you need to do to generate revenue for your business but you love giving that 20 percent to the community yeah that's um you know I think it, it has to be well I'm gonna go back but I think that's something I definitely um, I've always had it in me. I've always been a, a very service-driven uh, person, but I think that our relationships and, and our and your mentorship over the years definitely was um, a guidepost for me on giving back. So that I have to be uh, fair to say that I, I owe that to you. In, oh, in well, a, thank in you. Understanding. Appreciate. And it. then you know, and then it's so one thing is understanding the charge and the responsibility that we have as we earn success or gain success to go back and help others come back up, right? Which I learned that specifically from you, the word for word, but then also then how do you do it and and how do you identify the the area of passion that you have? So, um, you know, and it's like I said, and then it's a balance of 
not giving too much because then you like kind of folk i've i've been guilty of it where i'm giving so much to my uh my service projects that i'm kind of ignoring my business right it's a it's a balance you know uh, i always say you know bland a blind person can't lead an, a, another blind person around the cliff and and a, a, a rich person, I mean, a poor person can't help another poor person. So you, you have to kind of balance that charity. You know, it, it's, we both grew up in the, in the Hispanic culture where we're constantly want to help each other. We'll do whatever it takes to have that basic job. I mean, I remember my grandfather would, um, you know, he served uh, as a minister in the Atlanta State Penitentiary during the Mario boat lift. And I know that, you know, your family was in Miami during that time. And it was a hard time. You know, a lot of the Cubans being shipped to Atlanta, uh, the state penitentiary. And there was one act that he did that kind of reshaped who I am later on, because you never know as a kid, you experience things. And then when you become an adult, you go, oh, I get it. Yeah. Was when somebody was released he would have them come to the house for dinner. And if they needed a place to stay, he would let them sleep in the bed and we would sleep in the couch. And if we couldn't complain because, and it was a 800 square foot house in Decatur. Um, it was like, we need to give this guy a chance. He doesn't have a bed. We need to give him, we get it. We need to give this person a start. And I, and I always, you know, as a kid, you kind of complain a little bit, but then I remember stepping back and going, wow, how many people do that you know and that's yeah. those are the things that you kind of ingrained in yourself right no matter what position you have in any as an executive in any of these companies you know or even your own company you can't forget what got you there and 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 some people do forget but it's our hard work to reinforce that when we get involved in these organizations. So tell me a little bit about what you're doing now. What 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 is H3 Media is doing? What is Andrea doing? There's a lot of things happening and I want everybody to know what's happening. So uh, H3 Media, at H3 Media, we're a boutique agency. We, um, you know, we're very centric on digital. So we, we, we do a lot of uh, branding and, and web development. Um, we done a lot of social media but we also do a little bit because we work with several large clients that are in the Hispanic community we also um, develop creative campaigns including television and, and radio so that's how I ended up with an Emmy uh, last year on one of my TV commercials so you know we're continuing doing that we are um, focusing more on uh, web development branding and uh, SEO pay-per-click uh, management so and, and that's good and we're, you know we're right now working on doing our certifications we want to try to do a lot, lot more work with the government and uh, and helping you know helping the government um with that with those type of uh, services and you know that's fine I, to me at this point this is that's kind of like my my bread and butter and i and i enjoy it i, I love it i mean i can't say i don't but um also, you know, just I think with a lot of people during this uh, COVID pandemic quarantine period have just started to think about how to reinvent themselves, right? Business slow, yeah. you know, slowed down a lot, Give, you know, gave us all some ch uh, some chances to think and to uh, think about problems we could solve, right? New problems are coming up and then um, just in general, like what can we do different? And out of that, um, 
I have a new project that I'm working on with a, a partner uh, called Mejor Juntas, which is Better Together, and we actually are coining both of those terms. Um, and we're very excited about it. So just looking around what we were talking about earlier that, you know, we can't, the poor can't lead the poor or, or help the poor. We have to help ourselves first. And then finding kind of that balance between what we love to do and what makes us money, right? Right. And trying to put that together so that we can um, help more people and, and help and be of greater use to society. And so with Mejor Juntas, what we're hoping to do is really put some, um, weight around uh, services and resources for Latinas in the area of health, wellness, and beauty. So, you know, we know how important for Latinas it is to look nice and to look beautiful and to be healthy. And we're, um, you know, and like a lot of women, you know, conscious about uh, longevity of our youth. We want to look young forever. <laughs> we all want to be J-Lo, trust me. Well, there's some men that want to look young forever too. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that, that is true. That is true. Um, and, but, you know, we, we identified is that there's definitely a lack and a lack of resources in the area of health and wellness and for our community, not just in Spanish. It's not just a language issue, but there's a lot of cultural yes. things that, that um, are missing and that we need to help uh, provide those resources, not only to the community, but to doctors, to the medical community as well. So we're working on developing some um, programming packages, training um, for both. And it's going to all be around health and wellness for Latinos. Yeah, that is so important because we know that sometimes our culture, our Latino culture, there's a lot of health taboos, right? Mm -hmm. we're, we're nervous. We don't want to say too much. There's a mistrust. There's, you know, and it's like you work until you die, right? Yeah. Uh, there is no retirement. You know, uh, my grandfather never retired, right? Right. So, but you got to take care of yourself. You know, there's stress. There's there's a lot of things and energy that's just you need to know about. And I love that you're doing this to help support. You know, I have a mom, I have a sister, you know, I have aunts. I got people that really need this and and they're going through their little taboo, too. So this is amazing. Uh, one of the things that uh, also you did very well, and, you know, this is not a political show and I'm not into getting into politics, but the process of stepping in and helping candidates become successful. You have a little niche there. You've done really good and and helping, and, and me coming from, I just ran a, a media agency in DC that helped a lot of candidates, but that's a little hidden kind of uh, expertise that you have. Yes, yes, actually, I'm glad you brought it up. I um, One of my other little projects is cooking, so, I've always, you know, I've always loved politics. I, I tell people this is like the absolute God truth that I was reading the newspaper. I was reading the Miami Herald from cover to cover at age five. I really was. And I've always just been super engaged in politics. I'll tell you this, my father um, had came to the United States in the early forties and actually his parents immigrated here in their teens, right? So uh, my um, uncle was born like in 1919 in Connecticut. Wow. Yeah, so my dad had been here for a long time. So when we when he goes back to Colombia, because I was born in Colombia, um, of course, you know, he's been here for a long time. And so he loved 60 Minutes. And so 60 Minutes would replay the show. This is in the 70s, right? Would replay the show Sunday mornings, like at six in the morning. And um, so you would get last week's show, six in the morning and, and on the next Sunday. And one of my memories of childhood was just every Sunday morning getting up early 
to watch 60 Minutes and it was in English. Well, I'm, I'm assuming that they dubbed it because I understood it. And I was just, that was my favorite show. So I'm, I was never a normal kid, okay? <laughs> I didn't watch cartoons. I, I thought that was too childish. I didn't play video games. Um, I just love the news and I loved politics, but I didn't want to become a politician and I still don't, even though people tell me that all the time. So I uh, had the, you know, the whole, how do I get, how did I get into the supporting candidates? Well, uh, a friend of mine of about four or five years ago decided she was going to put her hat in to run for a, a seat that was being um, left open. Somebody was retiring after 20, 30 years in the House the representatives here in Georgia and she you know called a couple of us and said hey I'm thinking about running the party does not want to support me and um, I think I can do this and she's very young she's like I think at this point she was like 28 or 29 wow. she was a young girl yeah and uh, um, she's like I want to do this and I said hey I'm all for it it was it isn't even my party affiliation but I was like I'm with you I want you know I want I wanted Latina representation and I Love didn't it. really care about the politics of it so that was my first uh, go at it and it was very successful. She did not have the party's backing. The ba uh, the party was backing another. Start over with um, the uh, your your friend. She's twenty something years old, and doesn't matter what party. And you're you decided to help her. Okay, so my friend um, in her late twenties decides she's going to run um, as an unsupported candidate for X party, and it wasn't my party, but. Uh, I really was passionate about the fact that as a Latina, she was stepping up and just have the opportunity of having a Latina in our state house um, was something that was, you know, you know, just sparked my interest. And uh, we, we, a few of us, like three or four of us that um, got together and helped her campaign and none of us had campaign experience. That's the thing. She had never run for party and none of the people that were part of her campaign um, had any experience running a, a political campaign, but we all, right. all focused on our like expert area of expertise. And she, despite not having her her party's backing, they were backing another candidate who'd been a long term, long time supporter, and they felt that she deserved the spot. Had put all the weight and money and everything. Like she couldn't even get a a person from her party to come out to one of her, um, you know, one of her little uh, fundraising. Nothing. They okay. wouldn't support. Her. Wow. They were, they totally literally- Totally underdog. Yeah, totally the underdog. Her district had, I think it was like 900, let's say 900 Latinos in it, of which seven, only seven have voted ever. Well, like I think like 15% had been registered to vote and of them only seven had voted. And she said, and two of them live in my house. <laughs> so, <laughs> so we clearly couldn't go after the Latino vote. That was not the strategy. Um, she was in a very diverse um, district. So, you know, Vietnamese and, Korean American, African American, um, we you know very strong. So she uh, knocked on every door, and we had lots of fundraising going on all the time, and phone banking, and just really kind of um, boots to the ground, old school Bulgaria marketing for her. I will tell you, she won by a landslide. Wow! And her the Latino vote in her district went up by seven hundred and ninety percent. They had almost. Wow everyone that was registered to vote went to vote for could you say and i'm just guessing i'm not that the 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 brothers in arm in our in our minority community were that they took that for granted and you didn't and 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 you actually went out there and spoke to all the different cultures and and communicated while someone else might have took it for granted i think that um 
one of the issues is taking it for granted yes that because i'm latina latinos will vote for me or because i'm a minority other minorities will vote for me and they right. think that that's enough without having to engage with their um with their constituents and two i think that the definite what marked the difference was our intelligence and our research so like i said all of us were new at this but we had one of our um like our data guy like was just amazing how he broke down everything and had like we you know it gives you that address granular address information so not only did we know who had voted before we also know who didn't vote before and so we were able to target everyone and the idea was to blanket the entire um district and and try to get you know at 80% of those doors and not you know knock on them and and talk to them and uh, that's what was done and so i think that 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 ground work really is what made a difference and you're right i think a lot of people just took it for granted because they were part of a certain party and that was the makeup of that area that those people would just right. part, uh, vote along the party line you got to work and i think people realize and identify especially in on our political environment today we value so much more that one-on-one -on -one interaction and and hey I'm running for office. I want to help you and I and I, now I've seen your face. I've shook your I've shook your hand. I've got to ask you a question that, you know, maybe it's the pothole on my on my street or, you know, the stop sign that doesn't exist but should be there because there's kids playing. I mean, whatever it is, now you had an opportunity one-on-one -on -one to talk to somebody. And that's what, you know, that's what happened and and she ended up um, you know, I think representing her district extremely well and has become a, a leader in our um community and today that's what i hadn't shared with you as well that was kind of oh funny. okay but today the five people that put together this uh, campaign for uh, Brenda her name is Brenda Lopez so for Brenda Lopez including Brenda Lopez we formed together a we're working this is a new project that also we're going to we formed together to do a um i guess we're going to say we're going to say it's, we formed together a company that is called we've named Electo Oh, uh, okay. We are going to focus on helping candidates and we want to focus on local candidates that want to run for office and be able to give them that same support that we gave to Brenda and be able to repeat this. And we've done it already with some other candidates informally all of us coming together, but now we want to come together and do it and actually charge money for it. <laughs> Instead <laughs> well, of doing it for free. Oh. I think that also one of the recipes that you have and you have it actually the first sentence uh first two words on your linkedin is cross cultural you know why i like that because it's not a latina thing it's not this thing it's not that thing is you look at all of us as brothers and sisters and how do you commit communicate with each culture but then how do they communicate together right and i think that the successful candidate connects what are the needs of the community and the community is no longer segregated into one group the community is multiple people that make that community and then you're able to let's talk to everyone let's talk to everyone in their language let's talk to everyone in their culture their nuances their their segment let's just talk to everyone mm -hmm. and bring that together and i think that what makes candidates you know successful and now people are you know they they want a candidate to talk to them right more than ever now uh, so so that is great news you should do that oh my god you're going to be successful so you have a lot of things going on right so um 
I'm going to ask this question is where is Andrea heading in 21? Because 20 has been a really hard year for everybody, right? And a weird year, but where are you heading? What's going on in 21? I think 21 for me, I see it as um, a real trans, a true transformation year to the, I've used this year to kind of reset everything, really see a perspective, um, make corrections, adjustments, and again, develop some new projects that are that really align with my passions. Um, also my, my staff, like really positioning my staff where I think that they're um, most uh, efficient for the business and for my projects. And, you know, I've been fortunate, fortunate and also um, I think I've been strategic in making sure that I kept my, my team intact and working through the entire, um, through this entire year, despite the difficulties, uh, you know, the, to me, it wasn't a year to pull back and say, okay, I've got to save money and, and prepare for the worst. I said, no, we're going to keep going. We're going to keep working. So I think that I, what I, my expectation is, and in 2021, we are going to really, you know, let the horses out, go full force and really start, um, making some impact in the more impact in the community, but also um, growing the business. And I think that's important. And we talked about that. It cannot all be about, um, you know, there's just no way that I can lead and I can help and I can give as much if I'm not uh, getting something and, and making myself stronger. So there, there is going to be a stronger focus on sales and on, on growth uh, for for H3 Media, for Andrea, for, uh, you know, Mejor Juntas and for uh, Electo. So we're, you know, I'm really excited actually for 2021. So I always say thank you very much, but before we go, I want to ask this uh, uh, question. I always ask all the guests, if you see Andrea, if you go back and you're meeting with Andrea at 24 years old, what advice would you give her? Wow. I think, um, that's a good, that's a great question. I think uh, I would say to Andrea at 24, to not be so hard on yourself and believe in yourself a lot more. I think that's, um, you know, it's normal at that age to kind of question, question where you are. But uh, I think there were a lot of things that I could have done at 24 that I felt timid, right? And I didn't think, I thought, I, I didn't think, I thought my age was an impediment or people wouldn't listen. And now, um, you know, now I realize that I could have done that. But you know what? In all honesty, I think everything comes at its, you know, at, at its time and at its moment, and and sets you um, on a path to, to where you are today. So I I don't have regrets, but I I would say just don't be so hard on yourself. Love yourself more, and um, and and that that really would be it. I love it. So thank you so much for sharing this morning with me. Um, uh, the world needs to know your story. Uh, you're doing great, and I just wish you the best beyond 21. Thank to, you. To, to 2031. So uh, again, thank you. Appreciate it. And uh, until we see each other in person, Absolutely. have a good one. Look forward, looking forward to it. Thank you. Robert. Ciao. Gracias. Bye-bye.